Broadcasting from the heartland of America in the Hoosier Media Network Studios. The next generation in conservative talk radio. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. Welcome back into it. It is the Voice of Reason. I am Andy Hoosier, broadcasting out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas, in the Hoosier Media Network Studios, broadcasting all over the country from coast to coast, multiple radio stations, and so many more jumping on. I'm telling you, man, 2024. It's going to be huge. It's going to be bigly, if you know what I mean. And I think we're going to make it bigly. That's just what we do on this program. Welcome back into it all over the place. Find us on our social media at Hoosier Reason, H-O-O-S-E-R Reason. No I in Hoosier. There's an I in not team, but an I in I, but no I in Hoosier as well. HoosierReason.com is the website and our social media. Go and find us all over the place. Uh, Micah Derry is coming on the program. We've had him on the weekday show before. He is with the Adams Project, also with Americans for Prosperity out of the great state of Ohio. He's going to join and talk to us about criminal justice reform. What should be the Republican agenda or the platform when it comes to criminal justice? Obviously, it's going to be a main talking point for the elections. We have crime-ridden cities all over the place, mostly run by Democrats right now. We have crime that is done with guns, and we have people in, I mean, in California, you can just go in and take whatever you want as long as it's no more than $900, and you won't get in trouble. So what are we going to do about criminal justice, and what should be the proper Republican platform on this issue to not just be rhetoric, but to actually get something done in a productive manner. We'll talk with him about that in just a little bit. Great hour number one. We appreciate that very much with Joe Trotter, with Alec. We love that organization very much as well. Focusing on legislative priorities at the statewide level, something that we don't talk enough about. And this, one of my goals, I know it's 2024. We're all supposed to have our New Year's resolutions and one of our uh, main goals of what we want to do this year. One thing I really want to focus on with this program throughout the year is focus on the states. Focus on federal, the concept of federalism. Let's stop focusing on what the government at the federal level can or cannot do. And let's start focusing on what we can do at the statewide level. Federalism, the 10th Amendment, if it's not about immigration, if it's not about national security, and if it's not about breaking up monopolies, it should be down at the state level. And not only should we just complain about what the federal government's doing with those but how the states can actually be the alternative and be the solution to that, which is what we want to do. So that's what I want to focus on throughout the year. And have no fear, the voice reason is back in 2024. All right, let's get into recapping the week. What do you say? It's your week in review. So we are officially one week away from the Iowa caucus, the Hawkeye Hawkeye, as they like to say, with all the candidates out there trying to do their last big push. And, well, it's not really doing a whole lot of change. Donald Trump still is kind of dominating the race. Have you never heard that concept before, the Hawkeye Caucus? <laughs> I got a strange look from Mrs. Voice of Reason. She's like, what are you talking about? It's the Hawkeye Hawkeye. It's what we always used to say. That was the, the Iowa caucus, the very first primary in the entire country. They call it the Hawkeye Hawkeye. Nonetheless, <laughs> it threw me off there. The uh, the candidates doing their last big push. Donald Trump still in a dominant lead. According to 538.com, looking at the latest polls, we have Donald Trump over Ron DeSantis, 49 to 17. We have Donald Trump over Nikki Haley, 50 to 17. We have Donald Trump over Joe Biden, a crossover in the political parties, 48 to 40, up by eight points right now in the latest polls. Nothing has changed. So the last big push that we're seeing in the Iowa primaries is really about who's going to be that alternative 
in the case that Donald Trump won't be on the ballot in the general election because of being thrown in jail, being kicked off the ballots, whatever. As you may have heard over the last couple of days, the U.S. Supreme Court has announced that they will be accepting the case and will be making a ruling on the uh, Colorado's decision to not have him on the ballot. But however, because they chose to accept it, the Secretary of State for the state of Colorado did announce that, Joe, uh, that Donald Trump will be on the primary ballot, which is, was it this week or was it uh, it's next week, at the end of next week? So he will be on that ballot for the primaries in Colorado because they wanted to make sure. Therefore, if he's not allowed to, then the Supreme Court can rule it and they can remove him last minute. But the Supreme Court uh, is going to take up that case and the Secretary of State in Colorado will be allowing Donald Trump to be on that ballot. So, so far, this has not worked. The Supreme Court in Michigan has also said Donald Trump will be on the ballot there as well. So the whole concept of... He's against democracy. He's a tyrant. He's going to take over the country. He's going to overthrow democracy. All the garbage that we heard under Joe Biden on Friday with the three-year anniversary of the insurrection, the attempted overthrow of the federal government, the fear tactics that just aren't working for them and haven't worked for the last three years continues to fail, and it continues to fail in the courts as well. So Joe Biden panicking Barack Obama I guess we need to call it what it really is Barack Obama panicking about Donald Trump being at the head of the polls and the Republicans doing what they can to try and scrap up what little support that they have if Iowa goes as strong to Donald Trump as what's anticipated with the polls then do the rest just fall do the rest just kind of topple over because there was an interview with Ron DeSantis and Laura Ingram off the Fox News channel Asking him, well, if you were Donald Trump and you were that far ahead, would you show up in debate? And of course, Ron says, oh, yeah, I'd totally show up in debate. <laughs> but he's kind of fledgling right now as well. He's a little bit desperate. Hey, Ron DeSantis, you might want to cover yourself up a little bit. Your desperation showing. Because you continue to sink in the polls and your campaign has not been running the most efe- efficient out of other campaigns. Nikki Haley, if anybody is going to have any kind of momentum, it would be Nikki Haley. And even her. Really not the most amount of uh, momentum to try and catch up to Donald Trump just literally a day before the primaries in the Iowa caucus. Chris Christie's not even mentioned in half of these. And Vivek Ramaswamy, who has been one of my favorites just by listening to him and the talking points that he has on the campaign trail, while he doesn't have a chance to win, I think he's realized what his sole purpose is on the campaign trail, which is to essentially help Donald Trump. Because he's been the only one out there supporting Donald Trump and defending Donald Trump. He said any state that removes Donald Trump off the ballot, he would remove himself off the ballot as well. And he's been the rabble rouser to call out the quote-unquote establishment. There are two candidates in the entire race that call out the, the deep state, the establishment, the big government, the politicians, whatever you want to call them. And that's Donald Trump and Vivek Ramaswamy. In fact, there's a conspiracy theory out there that Vivek Ramaswamy is actually part of the Trump campaign trying to aid him by being the flamethrower this time to all the attentions directed onto him while Donald Trump can look a little bit more mainstream. And if that's the case, dude, I give you major props, Republican Party, for actually thinking a little bit deeper for a moment and actually using that ploy. Democrats do it all the time. Wow, look at that. Bernie Sanders, he's a nut, man. Joe Biden doesn't seem that bad. He's kind of the old lovey-dovey Joe kind of guy. Grandpa Joe sitting there letting kids sit on his lap and rub his hairy legs. Yeah, he's a totally lovey-dovey guy. At least it's not that radical socialist Bernie Sanders, man. You know that's what that was done for. You know that was the ploy back then. 
And we're probably going to see that again this year because we'll see Gavin Newsom come up. We'll see Michelle Obama's name pop up there. We'll see Gretchen Whitmer from the state of Michigan come up as potential candidates, although that deadline's coming up quickly. So if they're going to do it, they better do it relatively fast. But I think Vivek Ramaswamy, while I agree with everything that he says, still pretty skeptical about the guy. He doesn't have a chance to win. He's sitting even below Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley right now at like 7% of the vote. But He's kind of the rabble rouser, and we need that right now within the Republican Party. Of course, I condemn any form of vicious racial oh, discrimination. Hold on, let me set this one up because this was kind of a fun one. He was at one of his rallies in Iowa just a day or two ago, and the media, I believe the Washington Post, was there asking him a question and said, well, you don't believe that there's a lot of hate speech or that uh, there's systematic racism in the nation. What's your thoughts on white spread to you as a person of Indian descent? His parents being immigrants from India and him being a minority. Do you support white supremacy? Of course, I condemn any form of vicious racial discrimination in this country. But I think that the presumption of your question is fundamentally based on a falsehood that that really is the main form of racial discrimination we see in this country today. Institutionalized racism is institutionalized racial discrimination that we see that doesn't come from somehow discriminating against people on the basis of some tenet of white supremacy. It's based on affirmative action. It's based on actually discriminating against people on the color of their skin in a way that's actually institutionalized today. Was there a point in our history, at points in our prior national history, where there have been vicious forms of anti-black or anti-brown discrimination throughout this country after the Civil War and otherwise? Yes. But you're looking in the rearview mirror and using that to pose a question today that is so far removed from what the reality is in America today. This myth of white supremacy, the closest you can find is Juicy Smollett, where you all were actually speaking of trust in the media, jumping up and down over some false narrative. The best way you're able to find your best instance of white supremacy was a guy who was actually paying his other fellow people to be actually staging something that didn't happen. And so stop picking on this farce of some figment that exists at some infinitesimally small fringe of the American public today to open our eyes to the actual real threats that we face. And I think that it's frankly questions and framings like that that has caused the American public to lose all trust in the mainstream media, I'm sorry to say, for good reason. All right. So there are a few things in the new year that I am really excited about. And while it's going to be a year of chaos, strap in, buckle up and get ready, put on your bicycle helmets uh, for this year, because it's going to be a brutal one. And if the predictions are true for those that are trying to predict what could happen this year because of how divisive in this nation, it could get kind of rocky at times. At the same time, there are some optimism. I'm the eternal optimist. For those that may be relatively new to this program, I am the eternal optimist. I always find the bright side of things. There is very little that can actually get me down. I am excited about going into this year for a few different reasons and a few incidences that have happened at the end of last year in December and just the last couple of days. One of them being the fact, like Vivek Ramaswamy and others, that have finally begun to stand up and just not tolerate the talking points and the dominating of the story or the dominating of the topics by the media and setting the tone and, and creating the rhetoric for us to be on the defense the entire time. If you listen to any of that from Vivek, he literally just said, why are we even talking about white supremacy when it's such a minuscule fraction of society that you guys hype at this all up to think like it's the majority of the population. And for some individuals, they believe that it really is. Any white person, any person of the European descent that runs this country because we're in the majority, therefore that we automatically have this systematic racism, and you cannot be a racist if you're a minority that hates a white person. 
Some people believe that that's a very, again, fringe minority of the population, and it's kind of a stupid argument. I don't want to go down that road. But finally, thanks to Donald Trump, thanks to Vivek, thanks to others, we're finally saying we're not even going to accept this narrative. We're not going to have this conversation. This is stupid. And the fact that you continue to throw these questions at us just shows how out of touch with reality that you really are, mainstream media. That's point number one. Point number two, and we I don't remember if we played it on this show or not back in December, but if you remember the, the sit-down pan, uh, panel discussion that Elon Musk had, when the journalist from the New York Times asked him about the pulling of advertisements from Twitter or X, and Elon Musk said in a very... Um, not FCC related uh, type of uh, conversation saying go blankety blank because I'm not going to take black money. I'm not going to take money from you. If you try to bully me with what to do with my product, you can, you know, hit the high road and go do your own thing. So to speak, if you know what I'm talking about. Finally, again, now he may be the richest person on the face of the earth, but finally, again, not taking the narrative, not taking the garbage, just us moving along not allowing them to bully us around. If you remember the clip from just a week or so ago from the, uh, what was it, Southwest Airlines, United Airlines worker that was dealing with the trans individual that shut him down and said, hey, I'm trying to help you get your flight. And if you're worried about semantics here, about what I'm trying to associate you with as a male or female, you can go and I'm just not going to book your flight or not get you on the flight. Do you want the help or not? Shut up and let me help you. Again, not taking the crap. And finally, Mike Johnson, Speaker of the House. For the first time that I've ever seen in a very long time, we have a Republican Party that stood up to the Democrats going into a holiday, didn't get bullied and passed whatever they wanted to, and actually stood their ground and did not pass Ukrainian funding because the Democrats refused to accept immigration. For the first time, we're starting to see people get so frustrated, we're finally standing up and saying, I'm not dealing with your crap on all fronts. And to me, that gives me hope going into 2024. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. It's your Patriot on the Prairie. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, it is. Welcome back into it. All over the place. Pleasure to have you with us here. I want to tell you about my friends over at Americans for Prosperity. I am so excited to partner with them here into 2024 as well. Bringing you common sense, reason, and trying to get the American dream back on track. Because guess what? Prosperity is possible. The American dream is possible. It never went away. It may be stagnated, but it never went away, and we can always bring it back. All we have to do is do the right thing. Be educated on the issues and get ready for an election of 2024. Did you hear what, again, KGP try to tell us is their agenda for the year and how great things are into the going this year. While Joe Biden on the campaign trail himself is talking about how bad the Donald Trump campaign is and what they're going to do to take democracy away and all this other garbage, KGP is trying to run the positive campaign of how wonderful things are and what their agenda is for the year. Last year, if you think about the last three years, this president has accomplished more in three years than any <laughs> other president has been able to do in two terms. And so we saw the data coming out of uh, last year on the economy and Bidenomics and how it's working. If you think about 14 million jobs created, you see unemployment at four, under 4%. Yeah, okay, okay, I can't, I can't take any more of that. Are they still running that? They're still using that talking boy he created 14 million jobs okay okay that's what they're using they're still using those lies we debunked those like on day one but if that's what they want to use man they are that's totally 2022 my friend prosperity is possible 
and you can get the information. Go to prosperityispossible.com, prosperityispossible.com. Put in your email. That's all you have to do. Join the movement. Put in your email. You'll get the email blasts from uh, Americans for Prosperity. You can be part of the chapters. Four million advocates nationwide, the largest grassroots organization in the entire country. And let me tell you, they do some wonderful things. Here in the Wichita area, they helped out immensely, and we have a brand-new not left-wing progressive radical mayor coming into the city of Wichita. It's an amazing feat. Prosperityispossible.com. Prosperityispossible.com. Let the American dream flourish again with everybody that wants to come into the country legally with all the people that want that American dream and to shatter that glass ceiling that's been put on them from the government because that's the only thing government is good for is putting on the glass ceiling, centralizing power, and controlling you on a daily basis. We realize that prosperity is the opposite direction. And we can do it in that private sector. Prosperityispossible.com with our friends over at Americans for Prosperity, which you can find as well at americansforprosperity.org. And the election coming up next week, the Iowa caucus, followed by the New Jersey caucuses and primaries. This is going to be a quick one. And if the Supreme Court is going to take up this decision on whether Trump can be on the ballot or not, it better be pretty quick and uh, swift because, well, they're coming up hot and heavy within this week. So with one week away, from the Iowa caucus, do you see any drastic changes? Do you see that aha moment? Usually we have the October surprise in elections. What's the October surprise going to be? What bombshell are they going to drop on us weeks before the election to change people's votes? And again, we already know Donald Trump. You either love him or you hate him. You know Joe Biden. You either love him or you hate him. Is this going to change anything in the realm? Among Republicans... Are we going to see a centralized focus on Nikki Haley? They talked about trying to force Chris Christie out of the election because if he can force him out, then hopefully those votes would go to Nikki Haley, boosting her up just a little bit. They're not going to get Vivek Ramaswamy out because he's just going to do his own thing. They're not going to get Ron DeSantis out because he's got too much of an ego, desperate to think that he's actually still got a chance for whatever reason. I'm not sure why, instead of throwing the towel in. If he would drop out, I don't know where those votes would go, although I would speculate they would probably go to Donald Trump. They probably don't want to hear that, which is why they he's not dropping out, but they would probably go to Donald Trump. When Donald Trump's leading even in his own state of Florida, and look, Ron DeSantis was a great governor. He's doing a fantastic job down there, but people don't want to see him as president right now. And many of the voters or supporters of Ron DeSantis were either people that like Trump but don't like the drama or didn't want Trump there. So I would think the majority would actually go to uh, Donald Trump if Ron DeSantis dropped out. Probably why he's still in the race right now, because he doesn't want to give him even a further advantage. But it's going to go quickly. The uh, The dominoes are going to drop pretty fast, I think, after Iowa, after New Jersey. And then we'll see some candidates drop out. And it will be on between Donald Trump and Joe Biden. Going to be an interesting one. Micah Derry right around the corner as we come back here for the weekend edition here on The Voice Reason. Lots more to get to. Don't go anywhere. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. When Reason meets radio, this is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Oh, how the time flies right on by, man. Last half hour on the home stretch here for the weekend edition here of The Voice Reason. So wonderful to have you with us broadcasting coast to coast all over the place on multiple radio stations. More coming on here for 2024. We'll have more information on that again as well. Also, make sure to check out. We are ramping up the website. It's not complete yet, but we are adding some more features. We're organizing things just a little bit better. 
HoosierReason.com, H-O-O-S-E-R Reason.com. Go and check out the website. We'll have some cool stuff on it here over the next week or so. Hopefully the next couple of days is my goal. If you have not signed up to become a Hoosier-holic yet, then the hell's taking you so long, man. Go to HoosierReason.com as well. Type in your email, and you can always check out our uh, blog there. You can check out our newsletter. Become the latest Hoosier-holic with us each and every day. All right. I want to shift gears a little bit away from the elections. We have the Iowa caucus a week away. What's that going to entail? I think it's already kind of laid out for us unless some kind of crazy bombshell happens. But if it doesn't, then we have essentially an entire year's full of campaigning between a Donald Trump and a Joe Biden. And even though third parties don't normally win, let's go ahead and throw in the independent Robert F. Kennedy Jr. because he is pulling some decent numbers. And if we have a rematch of a Trump-Biden election, I think there's going to be even more individuals that are just like, I'm out. I, I just I just don't want to do it. Regardless, I mean, whether you love Trump, hate Trump, love Biden, hate Biden, doesn't matter. Looking objectively here from those that may not be as heavily involved in politics as we are, I, I think the RFK thing is a viable option for those that want that alternative. Whether he's a decent candidate or not is another issue. I like a lot of RFK. He's still predominantly a Democrat. Don't always agree with all of his policies but definitely an interesting candidate nonetheless that is probably one of the most serious independent candidates that have been out there in a very long time. That being said, let's shift gears a little bit and do some more. And what's trending? It's your Week in Review. And as we talk about the Republican platform going into election season, both for the presidency, but for congressional races, state legislative races, and more, what is the agenda of the Republican Party? What's the platform? And I've said this many times before, I don't think the Republican Party does a good job of actually laying out our platform. We can talk about how bad the Democrats are, but then we kind of love playing the underdog and being the one in the minority crying about things that we want to do, but never actually getting things done. And when it comes to something like, oh, I don't know, crime across the nation and criminal justice reform, do we have a legitimate platform for us to run on and win over the American voters? We go to the Hoosier Media Hotlines. Let's go to the Hoosier Media Hotline. Happy to have on the program. We've had him on the weekday show. Got Had to bring him on to the national program for the weekend as well. He is the president of the Adams Project. He's also involved with Americans for Prosperity, our great partners with us here on the radio show as well. Happy to have on Micah Derry. Micah, Happy New Year. How are you, my friend? Andy, it's great to be back with you. I couldn't be happier to kick off 2024 with you. Man, I was excited to get you on here because I we loved the conversation last time. It's such an important topic, and... It's something that doesn't get enough media attention or just attention in general about what we can do with criminal justice. We hear Democrats just want to say, hey, there's too many minorities in jail. Let's just let them all out and let's just lower the threshold to actually arrest somebody so you can do more crime. And then Republicans are just like, well, yeah, look at the crime rates and we need to do something about it. But we don't actually talk about the inner workings of how the system works, do we? No, we don't. And, and, and you already said it. I mean, when, when the woke left starts going off on these tangents and they start making everything about race, for people who are like me, who grew up, let's say, in Appalachian Midwest, you know, or those that are out in the Great Plains, you know, where, granted, we don't have a whole lot of minorities around us. We grow up largely without them. But when we get called racist the entire time through our formative years, largely just because we're not even exposed to certain cultures, we we tend to just turn all that off and say, well, wait a minute, I'm not a racist. I don't do anything racist. So therefore, why are you telling me that you know the city councilman or my my county sheriff or even my governor for that for that sake? Why are you telling me that they're racist? We just tune them out. But that doesn't mean there's not problems, and that doesn't mean that the system is working well. In fact. Polling consistently right now is showing that the vast majority of Republicans believe that the current system 
actually doesn't even work well. Wow. Where is the system? I know it's kind of like it. I hate seeing those kind of polls because we saw the latest one as well, showing that democracy doesn't work right now. Most of the majority of Americans don't believe democracy is working, which if we actually had, first off, we don't have a democracy. We have a constitutional republic. But if the system was actually running the way it was intended to run, then it would run smoothly. So let's apply that to criminal justice and to the law right now. If the system was running the way that it was intended to, Micah, would this actually be working and how has it been infiltrated or abused it through politics and through the legal system right now? You're absolutely right. People want to have political footballs more than they want to have solutions. When I say people, I'm not talking about normal people. I'm not talking about the people that show up to work every day. I'm not talking about people who pay their taxes. I'm talking about politicians. Politicians like to have political footballs that help them move their pet projects along by horse trading. That is not a good way to get good policy. And we see this particularly in the hyperpartisan environment that we're in. It's unfortunate, and to a certain extent, I'm even a creature of it. It's what I've made my career in. But I can also tell you, though, that there have been excellent examples of Republican leadership that have refused to go down the woke left narrative of saying that we have to just simply get people out of prison who just need to let people out. We've seen great Republican leadership that said, OK, we need to secure communities, ensure there's a safe environment for our, our constituents to raise their children. And we've also seen that leadership have phenomenal results when Republicans are willing to take a strong lead. And then only after establishing themselves with firmly within conservative principles have reached across the aisle. We've seen that at the national level through actions like the First Step Act and the CARES home confinement policy. And we've also seen it at state levels. We've seen it in places like Utah, Michigan. Texas. We've seen consistently even in Oklahoma, where the Republican leadership has allowed for bipartisan legislation, but requires that conservative leadership from conservative principles. Otherwise, it goes awry. Yeah, amen to that. I We talked a little bit about this last time we had you on the show, and I hate to brag, but you know, coming from the state of Kansas and our former governor, Sam Brownback, that implemented a lot of policy and criminal justice reform of putting works, uh, putting jobs, putting factories into the state penitentiaries to where they can work, make a little money to have some money when they come out of jail, having different programs to get them certified in electrical work or plumbing work to actually have some type of value coming out of jail to where they don't just go back to a life of crime because they're desperate, they have nothing else to turn to, and then end up going back into jail. Are these types of policies being implemented in other places around the nation? Because I know that here in Kansas, we kind of started a lot of that stuff. And in here, at least, uh, it dropped the return rate to jail by like 90 percent. Absolutely. You know, I came up through Ohio politics and in front of one of our state office buildings, we've got a statue of the longest serving Ohio governor, uh, Jim Rhodes. And on the base of the statue, there is a, a quote from one of his state of the state addresses that just has always stuck with me. And it is the ills of society are for the want of a job. The ills of society are for the want of a job. And it's amazing what we have done through our justice system, where we have created what within the business we know is collateral sanctions. So what that means is legal barriers to people who have a record make it more difficult for them to get a job or transportation or housing. And the result of that is this incredible burden for someone who has ostensibly they've served their time. They have paid their due to society for whatever law they broke. And then as they come back into society, unable to get a job, unable to make ends meet, 
we find them back in the system again. So to your point, yes, Kansas it had phenomenal legislation. Uh, Texas was also an early adopter for red states to address some of these issues. And we are seeing a result of that. I mean, when uh, Republicans still had the legislature, both the House and Senate in Michigan, we saw them aggressively tackle record stealing and expungement for nonviolent criminals. In fact, it was just recently a Republican DA from just north of Detroit, Macomb County. His name is Pete Lucido. Pete Lucido was at an event in Washington, D.C., and he would not stop talking about what a great piece of legislation it was that had tackled the expungement and record sealing for those nonviolent criminals that have served their time. There was an Ohio legislator that was in the room and said, Pete, you got to tell me more about this. The result is Ohio is about to introduce their own GROW Act, getting rehabilitated Ohioans working. And what it does, it just automates the process of getting people who would have been eligible for record stealing anyways. It takes the legal costs away from them and makes it an automatic process. Again, we're talking about nonviolent criminals. Not, we're not talking about sex offenders, murders, any of that, but so that they are able to get jobs. And right now, this is what's crazy all over the country, Andy, and that is right now employers in many states can be held liable – if they have hired someone who has that criminal record, insurance companies can hold them liable if something goes wrong on a job site. If we are to actually recognize that people have served their time, that they've done their, their sentence and they are done, they are rehabilitated, we make it easier for employers to be able to give jobs to people. And, and listen, I've heard this over and over again all over the country from employers, and that is the best employees they have are those who have done time and they recognize that in order for their life to be a successful and a fulfilling one, a meaningful one, to not go back behind bars, they need to kill it in their current employment. Best employees that we see all over. That makes so much sense. I mean, when they're trying to prove themselves and saying, you know what, I am not going to live that life again. I have rehabilitated myself. Like you said, I paid my dues and I'm here to prove myself. Those are some of those that have nothing to lose and they're the hardest workers out there. And it's encouraging to hear stories like that. Like you said, now we have to look at the other side of things on how to make it easier to actually hire them and not have that insurance liability with companies because they want to give those individuals a chance. Uh, Now, again, there's that line between the crazy violent offender and those that just made a mistake in life and want to fix it. So uh, that's I, I wish I wish Republicans would focus so much more on this issue and focus on those topics, because I guarantee you that anybody that may have gone through the system or had those struggles in life that the Democrats assume would just be on their side, because don't worry, we're going to take care of you, which is their mindset that we could win those over so easy. We talk with Micah Derry. He's the president of the Adams Project, the adamsproject.org. You can go and find it, the conservative values for effective criminal justice as we try to work on criminal justice reform in the nation. We got to take a break. When we come back, I want to talk about more about this on how states are handling criminal justice. We have California just giving things away, allowing you to commit crimes. We have Illinois that's trying to get rid of bail bonds right now. And we have even cities like Dallas where the Democrat mayor is like, hey, I'm reaffiliating with Republicans because we realize Republicans actually have the answer on working with law enforcement, cleaning up the streets, and actually making sure that criminal justice happens the way it's supposed to. We'll do some more of that when we come back. One more segment around the corner with Micah Derry here on The Voice of Reasons Weekend Edition. Stay here. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. America's safe space for common sense. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. 
Yes, indeed it is. Welcome back into it. Last couple of minutes here on the show for your weekend. I'm so sad. First one of 2024, just about all wrapped up. But don't worry, we have a laundry list of things to get to over the next few weeks. As we continue on here, we're hanging out with Micah Derry. He's the president of the Adams Project. Also with our great partners, Americans for Prosperity. He's been involved with them in the great state of Ohio. Which, by the way, Micah, where are you in, in the state of Ohio? I am smack dab in the state capitol. I can almost see the state house from my place. I love it. I love it. So I don't know if I told you this or not, but I originally grew up in Ohio. I went to Bowling Green State University. I'm a Falcon baby and uh, spent most uh, of my time up in the Toledo and Bowling Green area. So uh, great. Love the great state of Ohio. We got a lot of listeners out there. No radio stations yet, but a lot of podcast listeners in that area in Ohio. Let's talk about the reforms. And I say that in air quotes here for us. The reforms we're seeing from the Democrat side. We have California that has lowered the threshold for law enforcement to arrest anybody to where you can literally go out and steal $900 worth of goods and not get arrested. We have Illinois, just your neighbor, a couple states over, that's wanting that did repeal bail and bail bonds because they think that that's racist or uh, some type of income-driven issue for whatever reason. The George Soros agenda of attacking the legal system, going after with county attorneys, going after the attorney generals in states, trying to change the system of how we even punish someone for committing a crime is causing crime rates to go skyrocket across the nation. Are other states looking at doing this kind of stuff, too? I think that you just mentioned a number of things that are complicated. And, and of course, as usual, like when we talk about California, of course, they didn't do it right. Uh, you know, just recently, I had an opinion piece with Frank Russo, who's at the Nolan Center, which is the criminal justice department at the American Conservative Union. And we talked about this exact problem in California, that when they go so far left that, for example, they don't want to call sex trafficking of minors a serious crime. <laughs> Something has gone wrong. Somewhere we have jumped the shark. On the flip side, that you, know, you talk about Illinois. Illinois has recognized it's actually it's a real problem. And that is the idea that cash bond is what keeps the public safe. You know, cash bail is no longer used the way it was intended. And it was originally intended to make sure someone shows up for court. But in modern America, it's being used to keep people locked up. And it just so happens that often you'll have people who are able to make that cash bond and they go out and commit terrible crimes and they were locked up for something violent in the first place. I, you know, a good example of this, actually, I like to, to think of my home, of where I was born. I was actually in Kentucky. Uh, a couple of years back in Louisville, Kentucky, you had a Black Lives Matter activist that went into a mayoral candidate's campaign office, shot the, the mayoral candidate, got him right through his suit jacket, fortunately missed the candidate himself. And he was held on a $100,000 bond. And wouldn't you know it, a Black Lives Matter affiliated group actually posted the bond, got him out of jail, and the guy was free to come to his trial, even though it had more than a dozen witnesses that he had tried to murder that Merrill Cannon in cold blood. My point is this. It's complicated and it's hard. I don't think we should always throw out the genre of policy just because a blue state has done it. I think that's when we need to bring our conservative principles to bear, and we need to dive in. And I love what uh, Congressman Doug Collins out of Georgia says. Don't reach for the easy button. Don't reach for the easy button and bring your Republican principles to bear and fix the problem better. Yeah. Amen to that. We need to look and see this. These are issues where we've mentioned so many of them. We have so many more that we could talk about that are winning policies for conservatives on criminal justice reform. And, Michael, we got just about a minute, uh, about 45 seconds left before we wrap up here. But Donald Trump, when he was in office, 
worked on a lot of these. When he sat down with inner city communities and church leaders and those and said, how do we keep people from going into jail? How do we actually fix this issue? He started to win on that policy. Do you think that's going to carry over into this next election as well for the Republicans? Andy, this is not an endorsement, but I can tell you now, I think that we'll see Donald J. Trump come back, renew his contract with Black America, bring back the platinum plan. And I think that he's going to continue to see increased following out of the African-American community. I know that several people that I know that traditionally in the past have been Democratic voters are actually thinking about voting for Donald Trump this time around for the first time in his three presidential runs. Wow. I'm telling you, uh, when he goes to those communities and says, what do you have you got to lose? You voted that way 60 years and it hasn't worked out for you. How's that working out for you right now? That's a question that they have to ask themselves. Micah, it's so good to have you on the program, my friend. Happy New Year to you. Let's do this again real soon, brother. Later, Andy. Hey, love it. Good stuff. There it is, Micah Derry, The Adams Project, theadamsproject.org. Go and check it out. Criminal justice reform, the conservative values on how we can fix this issue. We can win on the policy. We can win on the issue when we just have the conversation. Republicans, know your stuff, have the platform, have the agenda, have the conversation, and let's make 2024 a big year. Let's make it not just a huge year, let's make it a bigly one. And I think we're going to make it bigly. That's what we do. That's it for us today. Back at it again next weekend. Happy New Year to everyone. Happy 2024. Let's make it a good one. Until then, be your own voice of reason. It's time for you to speak up, speak out, speak loud, speak proud, speak the truth, and always speak some reason. This is The Voice of Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. We'll see you on the radio.